the Family Movie Night podcast, where we want to help your family have better conversations around the content you consume. This is episode 51, the beginning of a new era. In fact, today we have a completely different kind of episode than we've ever done before. And you may already know that because you clicked on the title. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that in a moment. But first, my name is Nathan. And as always, I am joined by my wonderful co-host, the hero of the podcast, uh, Prince Charming himself, Mr. Right, Donnie Dorsey. How you doing, my friend? Hola, mis amigos. Oh, very good. Very good. What, what, what has brought, is that what changed between episode 50 and episode 51? You only speak in Spanish from now on? Exactly, mis amigos. <laughs> okay, <laughs> wonderful. Well, good. I'm glad you're doing well. And of course, the villain of our podcast, uh, so solo flying solo this morning for our date night podcast. Sawyer Hewlett, how you doing? I, I'm good. I'm ready to provide some moral support today, guys. I am. I have so many things to say. About not date really. night? Not really. Not really. That's all right. But, uh, <laughs> I'm excited to hear your contributions. And of course, as always, the mom of our <laughs> podcast, Heidi Cooper. How are you doing today? Yes, been dating a long time, guys. Been dating <laughs> since maybe before Sawyer was born. <laughs> that's, pro that's probably true. <laughs> there you go. Well, very good. Hey, as as they have uh, all kind of hinted at already, these very oblique and un uh, 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 confusing references to the fact that today we are not actually recommending a movie uh, for your family, for your entire family, as uh, as normally we talk about at this point, the Family Movie Night podcast is where we recommend your family has a movie night and you're able to build memories and start conversations with your kids kind of centered around uh, some piece of content, a movie uh, that you can talk about. But today we're actually taking a little bit of a of a turn. Uh, episode fifty one is the start of a new era, and we are actually recommending a movie for you and your spouse to have a date night that you and mom and dad are part of uh, the family. In fact, you guys are the ones that started the family. Donnie said before we were filming, uh, "How did you say it that the the kids are not the, they're not the tree." They're not the tree. They're the branches. That's right. They're not the tree. The kids did not start the family. Uh, mom and dad are at this at, at the uh, the beginning of the family. And uh, I don't know if this needs to be like a, a family science class that I explain how the family gets started. But I don't know when a man loves a woman. No, Donnie's shaking his head and he's saying not to go this direction. But anyway. <laughs> our our goal in this episode is really to uh, try and talk about the importance of a uh, mom and dad prioritizing each other in the family. Uh, that it is very easy uh, that at this point uh, in maybe your parenting, depending on where you're at, if your kids are very young uh, or if they're at the place where they're kind of in those preteen teenage years where they've got thousands of activities to go to. Uh, that it's really easy to kind of have mom and dad's marriage get lost in the mix of all the different things you do. Uh, but one of the things we know here at Community Christian and really all the research points to is that a stable, healthy, loving marriage uh, provides a stable, healthy, loving home for kids. 
it provides them security. It provides them stability. And we know as a church uh, that it also helps them in their spiritual walk with Jesus. Uh, and so uh, we want to talk a little bit about why that's important. But before we do, I do want to acknowledge the fact I know that a lot of people in our church, a lot of people who are uh, listening to this podcast, you are a parent, uh, but you're currently not married. Uh, maybe you've never been married. Maybe you've been a single parent the whole time. Uh, maybe you are uh, currently you're divorced. Maybe uh, for some other reason, you are currently not married. And we know that this may be a situation where you hear us say all this and it just provides a lot of guilt for you, a lot of shame for you. And that is not our intention at all. I want you to know that you can still raise your children to love Jesus, love his way of life, be healthy, uh, members of the kingdom of God. Uh, but it is important for us in every situation to be able to acknowledge that, uh, that God had a ideal for the way he intended life to go. Uh, that is important in every part of any uh, of our lives, that when things do not go the way God intended for them to go, uh, that it's important for us to still be aware of the fact, hey, God had an ideal. And God's ideal, uh, Jesus references back to this. He says, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother, and he will be made one flesh with his wife. That that's the ideal, that a, a man and woman would be married together forever as long as they as long as they are alive and that the the family that would be the kind of foundation of the family is god in the middle of this marriage uh and so it's important for us to acknowledge that's the ideal but a lot of us are not living within that ideal i'll say and i have to say this to my kids all the time uh my my situation where three of my children uh, are adopted well obviously this is not necessarily the way god intended for it to be that they had a biological parent that God intended. His ideal was that that family unit would stay together and be healthy and perfect. My family is this bridge in the middle of what is God's ideal and where is the real world we live in. And so I just want you to know that if you're living in a situation that is not the ideal situation, uh, you don't have, that doesn't have to be a thing that's covered in guilt and shame for you, but it also should not be a thing where we throw out the ideal and say, well, that doesn't matter either. Marriage doesn't matter, and it all everyone can do it however they see fit. It's important for us all to know uh, we're not living in a perfect world, but we do serve a perfect God who is able to make good come out of every situation. But for the sake of our conversation today, uh, we want to talk just primarily to um, moms and dads uh, who are in the midst of uh, parenting, and it is difficult to prioritize your marriage. So I want to kind of toss it. I've talked a while here now. So I'm going to toss it to Donnie Dorsey, a dad. He, he, he's, he's in the midst of it right now. D Donnie, can you talk to why it's difficult sometimes uh, for us as uh, moms and dads to prioritize our marriage? Well, how, how does that kind of become difficult, at least in your experience? Dad mode activated. Absolutely. Um, so, I mean, I think what makes it difficult is as a parent, you know, your your job in your mind is primarily to help to raise your kids, to teach them all of these things. And in the process of that, you do have to give a little less to yourself at times because they don't know as much about the world around them. So, you're frequently, you know, reiterating things or you're 
teaching them things or maybe correcting things and things like that. And I think it's it's very easy to, with all the energy you put into those things, to be very tired and just yes. worn down at the end of the day. And it's Parenting like... Parenting exhaustion is real. <laughs> and then by the end of the day, you're like, you know, you like you, it's one of those things where it's like, you can look at your spouse and y'all look at each other and go, you tired? Yeah, I'm tired too. All right. So we're going to sleep. All right. And then we forget that in order to show our kids what it looks like in a healthy way that we have to make time for each other, you know, right. in whatever that may be, whether it's, Hey, we're going to you know sit down and watch a television show or a movie, or maybe we sit and chat about something, or maybe we pull out a board game or some cards or something and making them and let them understand that your relationship is a priority in all aspects. Yeah. And I think that's true. I, I found that to be true for myself, four kids in the home, all under, well, I shouldn't say under the age of 10. I have a 10 year old and everyone else is younger than that, but it's difficult at times uh, to prioritize. Hey, hey, mom and dad have to have time. Uh, we luckily have uh, grandparents who are nearby, so uh, babysitting is pretty easy for us to acquire. But Heidi, I know you were talking when before we got on um, being a mom. You've been both a single mom and now uh, um, uh, 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 you've been married to your husband Stephen for how long? How long? I was at your wedding, but I can't remember. Eight, mm -hmm, eight years. <laughs> eight years. So yes. Mm -hmm. So and y'all have two children uh, together, yes. and Thank so six uh, and three. Six and three. And so uh, mm -hmm. you were talking earlier that sometimes the I like the ideal of being able to like get a babysitter, go oh, out, yeah. have some free time is not always a reality for you guys. Yeah, so. no, definitely not. I mean, we're, we're small business owners, but that's like the, the least of our worries. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's like, well, you know, with, we don't have uh, grandparents close by that can watch the kids. We don't have, you know, family really at, that lives around at all. Um, we have some friends, but, you know, um, most of the time our date nights consist of like, you know, we'll have, we, we just try to be creative with it. Like we can do dinner outside. The kids do dinner inside. Like we'll do that a lot during the summertime when the kids tend to stay up a little bit later and it's nice outside. Um, and then movies, of course, like we'll throw on a movie for them in one room and then a movie for us in the other room. And, you know, usually we'll time it so that they kind of fall asleep <laughs> watching theirs. And we just, that's one night we don't that's have to a pro parent tip right there. Yes. Yes. Like get their teeth brushed and all that done and they're in the bed and then, you know, they just doze, <laughs> doze to the movie. And um, yeah, but we, that is something that we, we enjoy concerts. We love going out. We love going on, you know, trips and things like that. But when it's not possible, this kind of night is just really great to like, reconnect just even if it's something so simple as watching a movie and talking about that thing because you're stressed you got a million things on your mind and or maybe you guys haven't even had a chance to like really catch up but you don't want to unpack that heavy stuff so it's easier to talk about you know a date night movie or watch a comedy or something like that and just kind of veg relax be together remember why you even had kids in the first place. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, and I think so like I I'll, I'll I'll say for for um my parents growing up were honestly a very similar situation. I don't ever remember really getting babysat by other people like for like a 
like my parents were going to go on a date. Uh, I remember, you know, when my brother got old enough that he was able to kind of watch us, they started kind of going out to movies a lot and that kind of stuff. And so those days, (laughs) yes, yes. And like the ability, but like, even as a kid being able to be aware, like we had, there were lots of times where like we had a bedtime, like, and we always had a pretty strict bedtime. There was not a time that we ever, you know, we, we were in our beds, in our rooms, whether we were asleep or not, we were expected to be quiet. And like, it was expected that that would happen. And we kind of knew like, and they would make very clear, like mom and dad need to have time at the end of every day that we're together and we're able to reconnect and we love you. And it's not that we don't love you. It's just that in order for us to love one another, you know, uh, this is really central. And I think there's a part, there's a, there's a little level of guilt. I feel it. So I got to think everyone feels it as mom and dad to kind of send kids away to their room or to say, Hey, mom and dad are more important right now. And you got to, you know, it feels like, especially when, so when your kids are really little, you know, when all my kids were under seven and we're all there, it feels like, Oh man, we're never going to get this time again. They're only this precious, this young. And, you know, big wide-eyed three-year-old comes up and you're like, get away from me. You know, it's so difficult. And then now that I've got kids on the other end, uh, who are kind of getting more towards the adult side of things, the teenage adult side of things, I'm kind of like, oh man, like I, I'm running out of time and like, I don't want to miss this. And so there's a feeling, there's a lot of guilt that comes with that. But the importance to be able to say, and I've heard so many people talk about this recently. I've seen a couple family psychologists talk about the importance of not centering the family on the kids Uh, And there's lots of reasons. One, kids are incredibly emotionally unstable. So trying to set your, your, your family's attitude and mood is somehow centered around what the kid feels. Dear Lord, my, if I had to, if I had to do that, that'd be nuts because my kids are all over the spectrum. Not that I am perfectly stable, but, uh, cry, cry five times in every movie. Emotions are all over the place, but every podcast we talk about you crying. That's right. Absolutely. Right. And one thing I wanted to say too, is like, um, that the kid, if you, if you do put too much focus because I was a single mom, I think like I can, I can really identify with this. If your whole focus is your child, then your child goes off and lives their own life. And like, that is hard and it's, it's, it hurts, you know, but when they do, but that's exactly what we want for them. And so if we center our lives just around them and we don't like maintain the strength of our initial connection, the person who, you know, we, maybe created these kids with or decided to parent these kids with, then once those kids are gone, then that connection is, is just not there anymore. It just kind of dwindled over time. And, you know, you see that happen with a lot of couples, empty nesters and things like that. And it's just like that it's so much more important to maintain that versus, you know, investing everything into the kids. Because I was going to say, like, kind of going off of that, it's like the same thing as the idea that a lot of people treat marriages like it's the the finish line and it's actually just the start of it. Because you should continue dating your spouse yes. for as long as, you know, as for the duration of your marriage, you know, yeah. because the idea is sometimes that's forgotten. You know, it's like like what Heidi was saying is like you can kind of like you're you're so focused on the kids that you there are times where you're like, I don't even know what's going on with my spouse because I've been so preoccupied with the kids. And then, you know, you can create distance between you and your spouse unintentionally 
for what's a good thing of taking care of the kids. And it's like this, this balance of, I want to be a good parent, but I also want to be a good spouse. And it's like, I have to pick and choose. And that's where like the bedtimes come in Kate, like place where it's like, Hey, you all have to go to bed because I have to dedicate time to my relationship just as much as I dedicate time to you guys. Well, and I think I, I said to somebody the other day, unfortunately we get things backwards in, in families. And what I mean is Jesus makes clear. The scriptures make clear the people who are meant to be one flesh are the, our mom and dad. The people yep. who are meant to be one flesh, one person. And the problem is, and the, this is the difficulty of marriage. I, I've made I've made the comment before and everyone always laughs, but I said to a, a good friend of mine, someone who uh, also is now a dear part of my family, uh, and she just got married a few years ago. And I said to her, uh, she said, can you give me marriage advice? And so I wrote her a letter and I just said, marriage is dying a little more the day before than you did the day before that it's dying a little bit more and everyone kind of laughs because you know it sounds like this very cynical but it really is the truth it's marriage is each person saying i was an individual before and now and you are an individual and we are going to die and become one flesh parenting is actually the reverse of that parenting is and obviously and i want i always try to now be very sensitive of this in some cases it's metaphorical because you're a step parent or you're an adoptive parent. But in general, the, the image of it is this, a child is someone who actually physically came from both of your fleshes. And I don't, do I need to explain how that happens? How you were one flesh? Donnie's um, shaking his head. Donnie's shaking his head. Okay. I'm saying, I'm saying that's going to be a no. We don't have to explain Nathan, that. You seem, you seem really eager to talk about this on today's podcast. I'm, this is the second time you brought it up. Okay? I'm, like, I'm always eager to chill. He's, try, he's trying to teach people, but that's not that's not the lesson we're trying to teach okay. here. I have yeah. charts. I have charts. Lawyer, <laughs> he just said he has a ten year old coming up, so he's got to start right. practicing. I'm practicing with he's all of practice. Yeah. <laughs> I'm practicing. Okay, but seriously, uh, your children are literally from your flesh you were one flesh if your mom and biological mom they were literally within your flesh at one point right and the process of parenting is d one fleshing with them allowing them to one day as it says in scriptures they will leave the mother and father and go and become one flesh with someone else and the difficulty i see in most families is we get that so backwards mom or dad or both really want to be one flesh with the kids. And I want to be, it's, we're the same. We're the same. They're a part of me. They're a part of who I am. But somehow mom or dad got left in the, the person you were supposed to be one flesh with gets left behind. And then as, and as Heidi said, and it's not just for single parents, I've seen many, many marriages falter and struggle when the kids leave the home because now the person I was supposed to be, I've, it feels like a death when they leave the home. And it feels like a chunk of my flesh got taken with them. And the person I'm supposed to be one flesh with, well, they're still here and I don't feel connected to them at all. And it's it's devastating. It's difficult. But it is so important. And it's really important. And we don't have time to get into this to start having those kind of moments with your kids when they're little of D1 fleshifying. Like, it's okay with me that you're crying and you're pouting and I don't have to feel anything about it. Like it's okay that you're throwing a temper tantrum 
And, and I'm not saying you don't consequences. Don't hear me say that. What I'm saying is it's very easy as mom and dad that the number one reason I want you to stop pouting is because it makes me sad that you're pouting. The number one reason I want you to stop throwing a temper tantrum is I don't like that you're mad at me. The number one reason I don't say anything is because I don't want you to stop up the stairs and say, I hate you, which good luck. They're going to do that at some point. That's coming at some point. Yeah. Guaranteed. Yeah. But it's, it's choosing to say at early ages, it's a, you, as Heidi already said, like not centering the kid in it because their role in the family is to leave and either start a new family or become their own individual unit. And they're still always attached to the family. They're, as Donnie said, they're always still a branch, mm-hmm. but you and your spouse were intended to spend forever together as one flesh, one flesh. And as we've said, that's the ideal. So it doesn't always work out exactly that way. And there are lots of reasons that that happens, but we should always be pushing towards the ideal. And if you are currently married and things are difficult right now, and maybe you're struggling to find those times, I think all of us would push to just keep trying, keep yeah. trying to find those opportunities. Little things. It's yeah. the little things. It's it because I think so many times things have have been you see it in movies all the time for you know is that there's these big overtures of what what it looks like and that is so not realistic <laughs> what what is realistic is hey hey what do you want to have for a snack tonight like maybe yeah. it's getting have it sharing some uh you know some ice cream or turning on a show that you both enjoy it's connecting in a way that only you all can. So what know? are what are those things, Donnie? I love that. I think I see Heidi shaking her head. I think we I think we all agree those the the date night part is important. Like having so it's the way I talk to people about prayer too. I just had this conversation last night that you have to have uh in prayer, and I think it's Dallas Willard who said those little kind of like on the spot prayers, you know, you think of someone you just say a mm-hmm. prayer. He's like, those kind of things are important, but those are kind of like washing your hands. Yeah. Like you got to watch it. He goes, but occasionally if you want to get your whole body clean, you're going to have to get in a shower. Little drops of water isn't going to get your whole body clean. At some point you got to get in the bathtub and submerge. You got to have an appointment of prayer. You got to have a time where you mm-hmm. go, I'm just submerged in prayer plus the little moment. So what we're saying is, and I think it's the same true in relationships. You've got to have both. Hey, we have set aside a chunk of time for mom and dad to be together. And whether that's a, we can physically leave the house and, drop the kids off somewhere and do a date night like that. Or as Heidi kind of said, Hey, we're going to watch a movie and y'all are going to either, we're going to do that while you're in bed. You know, we've got set bedtimes, but even though I think the thing Donnie said, uh, but we're also going to have these little wash your hands moments in your marriage where I'm just, I have these little points of connection along the way. So what are examples out of either your marriage or maybe you've heard other people have done that you just, I think giving people ideas of, Hey, here's a practical thing. Cause like you said, Donnie, it's not going to be a trail of roses, you know, <laughs> leading to the car, leading to the bedroom. Like it's not going to, it's just not going to happen. Right. It's not a movie. So what are the kind of things um, I'll say, I'll, I'll throw one as I know everyone kind of um, processes uh, different ways, but a, no, a big one for me is if I know that me and my wife have just had a busy week, a regular thing I will do. Cause this is, we, we bond around food, which uh, I'll, different kind of dysfunctions around that. But that's our number one is we're going to bond around food. And so I'll just kind of say, hey, I want to go pick up some ice cream for us tonight. Or, hey, I'm going to go pick up like what her favorite 
kind of snack is. She is not a sweets person. She is a let me have something spicy or salty or something like that. So I'll go pick up some kind of snack. And that's more of like a little wash your hands. Like, let's just have a little moment, 30 minutes where we're going to sit and kind of just eat a fun snack and just be together. Anyone else have any kind of ideas of things that you can do? I think for one of the things I think about is that I make, I'll, I try to make a constant effort of giving compliments that are not related to being a mom. Ooh, uh, Donnie, that is a pro husband tip right there. <laughs> Your wife is not just a mom. Good job. No, keep going. I wasn't trying to uh, interrupt you. Go ahead. No, no, no. But like, I mean, it's because I think it's so easy to just give compliments on the thing that they do and give the most time to sometimes and going, hey, man, you really are taking care of those kids. But it's sometimes going, hey, I really appreciate that you uh, that you remembered to this particular thing or I appreciate that you took some time out with and helping me with things or you look very beautiful today. Like you, you know, you're, you're amazing. I just want to tell you how great you are. I want to throw this on the, on the reverse end because we had, um, I think one learning your spouse's love languages are huge. Like how do they give love? How do they receive love? Um, because I am a words of affirmation person. So what you're talking about there, that'd be true. Donnie, you're just warming my heart. I'm just pretending (laughs) all the things you said. That's about me. I do look beautiful today. Thank you, Donnie. Uh, You're welcome. (laughs) But my wife and we. Nathan, you're more than a mom. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I was hoping someone would say that. my 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 wife and I, we've done both premarital counseling, marital counseling. We had counseling on our own. And every time one of the things that has kind of come up and it's just been clear is what is my love language is not my wife's love language. Uh, and it's very difficult for us. And so words of affirmation is really important to me. And it's not natural for her. And what yeah. he said, which I think was huge, and I'm, I'm kind of tweaking a little bit of what you said, because it was very similar. You said, you know, don't just give her compliments about being a mom. But I think as as wives, and I think as, as husbands as well, we have to do this. But don't give compliments based on the particular thing that just happened. Yeah, uh, It's very easy to be like, this was a great meal you cooked. Or, hey, thanks for fixing the shed or whatever the thing is. But he said, it's really going to be important. And he was talking to my wife. He said, for Nathan, it's going to be really important for him to just randomly throughout the day go, you to walk up and say, I am so thankful for who you are as a husband. And specific thing. I'm so thankful for the way that you, you know, I cook in our house. So she regularly now will come and just go, it means a lot to me that you prep all the meals and you do X, Y, and Z. And it's not a specific thing that just happened. It's not like a thank you for this. It's, when I'm, I'm just thinking about how great you are all the time and how important that is. My wife's love language is quality time. That is actually not a love language for me. And so me learning, hey, to just sit and just do the same thing or be in the same room. I, we used to joke all the time. I'd be doing something. She's like, can I just come sit next to you? And I'm like, no, no, this is weird. Don't come sit. But she's like, that's just, I just, I don't want to do the thing you're doing. I just want to be there. I want us to be yeah. there. Maybe we'll talk a little or maybe we won't. And that'll be okay. And just learning to say, yeah, let's try and work those things in. So yeah. I just want to kind of piggyback. No, off that's, that's, that's key. I mean, learning their love language, learning what, what, cause I think so many times we only communicate in the language that we understand and we forget to learn the other language. Yes. So we're, we're walking around here going, Hey, this is what you, this is what I like to hear. And they're like, I'm sorry, what? Yeah. I don't, I don't understand you. Like, well, but then, like yeah. you said, because you're trying to, you might be like, hey, you're doing a great job. It's like, okay, but can you sit down here with me while we watch, in a while, watch this movie? And you're like, 
um, I got things to do. Like, and you're missing yeah. it. You're missing that communication, that language going, oh, you were talking. Well, and I think even that what you talked about there, and we, we've talked about this on previous podcasts, but, you know, learning the, your uh, spouse's temperament, mm-hmm. learning how they receive language even just like you're saying things and there's that great book uh it's either i heard this you said that or you said this i heard that it's one of those if you google it you'll be able to figure it out but a lot of heard a lot of said a lot of listening but the idea behind it is i you know you said this thing and i took it this way or i said this thing and you took it this way and not only does that cause conflict that also sometimes is why you feel like you've been encouraging your spouse and saying loving things to them but they're not feeling it and yeah. it's that that's really important. Heidi, are there things that just for for you and for Steven that you have found just are important, either big kind of things like more date night kind of things? I know you've already talked a little bit about that or just little touch points throughout the day that are important for you guys. Yeah, I think um, like one of the things that we try to do is um, is we try to. So I stay home with our kids and he is um, working and um running our business and so we we went through a season where i was heavily involved in the business like at the day to day all you know often throughout the day and what we realized was like our little tiny conversations and interactions like they we felt so much more connected just right. by having those little those little interactions throughout the day and it's so easy um for both of us because we're busy and we're, you know, kind of tend to be like focused on what's in front of us type of people, um, both of us. So we can get caught up and get lost in our day. But like, I, it moves the needle so much for me when I realize, Hey, out of the blue, he's thinking about me and he just texted me or just called to ask how we're doing here, you know, like, uh, or vice versa for him, you know, like he might, I might call when it's, you know, a time that he might be at lunch or that I think he might be at lunch. And, and he's like, Oh yeah, I was driving from this job to this job, but you know, thanks. Yeah, no, I'm good. It's always just like, so um, it, it feels like we can go from, from the time he leaves in the morning until the time he gets back can it can feel like such a long, you know, so much can happen here at home and with the kids and, you know, a good day, a bad day. And temperament wise, this is how we kind of figured this out. Um, he likes to know, you know, like what kind of environment he's coming into. And I'm the same way. And so when he would get home and it would be like, no one is talking to you and you literally haven't done anything at all wrong, but no one will speak to you. Everybody's upset. (laughs) Like he kind of wants a heads up when he's coming into that type of situation um, and vice versa. So I think like just a little bit of communication, like not, uh, I guess, purposeful without a purpose communication would be kind of the way I'd say it, like being purposeful and intentional and just touching base with each other, checking on each other. Um, I know one thing that like everyone um, has said it, so I'm sure you have too, Nathan, but I remember um, Jason specifically saying it and it kind of hitting home, like, how can I help you? Like ours is big because I'm, you know, a, a, school, you know, teacher for my, my one child and then a parent, you know, to the three-year-old and trying to manage that. And, um, he's running a business. And so either one of us at any given time has 
things that we could pass off <laughs> gladly to the other one. But yeah, it's just nice when they ask, you know, it's nice when we ask each other and, and make that a priority. So I think that's another one. I think that's huge. Yeah, it's definitely that. How can I help you question is huge. Just uh, uh, really in every relationship, but in, in in particular in this case. So I think we've hit on a lot of stuff and I, I really do hope that this uh, conversation has been encouraging and really inspiring to you uh, to, to really help to draw that kind of, uh, love and passion and really prioritization of your marriage for your kids. And, uh, regardless of any of that, we are now moving into the section that Sawyer is excited about because we're going to actually recommend some movies. Uh, and we intentionally tried to pick some movies that are kind of more recent that we think maybe not as many people have seen for the sake of, if you're at a place where maybe you can't get out to the movies, there are a lot of great movies out in the theaters right now that if you and your spouse just want to get out to the theaters to see something, I really encourage it because there's some, I, I love the movie theater and I don't want them to die, but they're really close. Uh, so, uh, but if they don't, uh, there are plenty of movies that are streaming right now that if you can just put your kids to bed early. Or, you know, like Heidi said, set them up in another room and you and your spouse can just sit and kind of have a movie night together. These might be some great ones. So I'm going to Sawyer hasn't got to talk a lot as the single dude, uh, d- childless single dude on the podcast. Uh, I live in the dream. To- OK, I, I, I enjoy my life. There you go. I wasn't criticizing your life. Yeah. I wasn't <laughs> criticizing. I'm just saying to this particular conversation, yeah. not a lot to um, add. So, well, before I give my recommendation, I just need something on the record that uh, Die Hard is a better movie than Lethal Weapon. Um, mm. I just needed that on the record. Sorry, sorry, um, sorry, sorry, Heidi no- and Donnie. That is a heated argument that Nathan and I have been in, and I just needed it on the record. Okay. No. Okay. Whatever. I'll let you go way. on. Go ahead. Yeah. No, that's out of the way. Uh, my movie is I'll Knives Out. Talk to my out. wife about it later. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, my my recommendation is Knives Out. Um, this is a movie I've watched on a date before. Um, this movie is from like 2019. I think it was just eight, before the pandemic, right? Yeah, it's 18 or 19. I can't remember exactly. Um, I actually originally saw this with my mom, and then I was dating a girl at the time, and I was like, "Hey, we it will was enjoy not this. your mom." Correct. Okay, good. I was um, just making sure we didn't get confused. I did not see this movie twice with my mom. <laughs> okay, good, uh, good, good, good. All right. And so, uh, no, I, I, I remember, I remember like being like, oh, it's a Ryan Johnson movie and a murder mystery. That's something that I'll like and something that my mom will like. And so I took my mom to see it, and then I was like, I'll take my girlfriend to see it, and I took her to see it, and yeah, it was fun. It was, uh, it's a good time. Um, Let's kind of clarify for people who may not even know what this is. Knives Out is a whodunit kind of in the Agatha Christie murder on the Orient Express. It's around a a famous crime novelist who dies in a mysterious way. And they bring in a a great detective played by um, Daniel uh, Daniel Craig. Craig. And Uh, it is like, okay. Without Daniel Craig, it's a good movie. With Daniel Craig, it's a great movie. His performance is his performance he has is very this, good. He has this Kentucky, he's like from Kentucky, his character. And like he just sounds like Colonel Sanders. Exactly. You're imagining James Bond is about to start talking, and then he has this Colonel Sanders accent come out, and it's just it's so amazing. Um, and we just lost Nathan. But so I'll just talk about knives out. Um, it's also got some really cool uh storylines that are really mature about um, a character who 
is kind of the main character, but uh, she's the she's the caretaker of the guy who dies, and she's kind of the um, the POV that we that we meet in the movie. And um, it's she has a really sweet character arc. Um, you know, this is just a really fun movie, um, a really heartfelt movie, honestly. Um, and so, uh, yeah, it's yeah. really funny too. Like, great yeah, cast. Exactly. I know we've mentioned Daniel Craig. Jamie Lee Curtis gives one of her best performances in this movie. Yeah. Um, all around, just a really strong. Don Johnson is in this movie. Don Johnson kills it. Uh, I love my favorite supporting performance is Michael Shannon. Michael Shannon in this movie is well. Chris hilarious. Evans is in this movie. Chris, Chris Evans, Evans is, is great hilarious. in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. This movie is seriously like in terms of like cast and star power. This movie is stacked and, and genuinely uh, a good mystery like not yeah one of those, it's one of those that's gonna be kind of hard to figure out and then as you do but it's not one of those that like they're withholding information like all of the pieces are on the board you could yeah. solve it it's just really good these are the kind of movies for i, I even suggested sorry and i were kind of talking about what would be good movies to discuss i kind of suggested this one because these are the kind of movies that my wife and i love to watch on date nights like mm -hmm. We we are less rom com kind of people than we are. Uh, I mean, the number one we're going to watch is some like gruesome horror movie. <laughs> those are the, those are the ones we're going to watch. Uh, but if not, she she in particular really loves murder mystery stuff, yeah. and I think top notch. I mean, maybe best in twenty years. I mean, just oh, really yeah. I good. Say, I would say since Clue. I would say since Clue, which that's well had, over twenty years ago. So yeah, it has a similar vibe to Clue, but is I will yeah. say this. It's not just straight comedy. It's it's got plenty yeah. of other stuff. So well, I yeah, definitely that, that's when you dropped off, that's what I was saying. It's a really heartfelt movie about this this one character played by Anna de Armas who is also just really good in the movie. And she like she's um she's kind of a lower class um person she low-income person and she um basically like she's interacting with these billionaires and it's it, they they have some really interesting commentary on it um it's also ryan johnson who is one of my favorite working directors um yeah. and uh yeah this is just this is an all-around great movie and there's a sequel coming out on christmas on netflix uh glass onion um and so uh i am very excited for that same here. Uh, very, very good. Very good choice there. All right. Uh, let's move on to the mom of our podcast to go from kind of a murder mystery to something even more lighthearted, even though there's comedy in Knives Out. Uh, this is more of like a raucous kind of comedy, kind of yeah. all over the place. Heidi Cooper, what movie did you watch? Um, Lost City. So it's um, Sandra Bullock and you can't go wrong with her. Um, and Channing Tatum. And he, I was kind of, unsure about him um don't mind looking at him but i definitely <laughs> don't appreciate his acting as much as most um women do but yeah he was really good and then brad pitt was hilarious in this movie it was i mean channing tatum was really funny but the two of them and their whole deal at the beginning have you seen it nathan have you seen this movie? I have. I have seen it. Yeah, yeah we it's, I, we watched it's really it. Funny at the beginning, right when it came on Paramount Plus, I think. And yeah, it it very much fits in kind of like a um, wild. I don't know how to say. It. It's like kind of like a wild comedy. It's not really a romantic yeah. comedy. It's yeah. more, um, you know, um, kind of similar to like what was that movie, the the Ugly Truth, or one of those kind of things where like mm -hmm. there is elements of romance in it, but it's more of yeah. like 
kind of a, a how to lose um, a guy in 10 days where she's you know essentially just messing with him the whole time you know right actually trying to date him yeah it's one of those where it's more about like the parody like making making fun of you know um romantic Sandra Bullock is a romance novelist right. and this is very similar to the other one. And they're in, and it's, she's basically living out one of her romance novels. Channing Tatum plays the uh, Fabio like uh, cover <laughs> model. And then I was at Brad Pitt. Is is Alan, and he's, yeah, he's like a really, yeah, he's a cover model, but he's uh, much deeper than that. And very yeah. um, emotionally, uh, insightful <laughs> throughout yeah. the movie so yeah it's just it kind of um flips things around and like makes jokes of lots of things and yeah it was a lot of fun it's so easy it's not like a heavy plot line at all it's something that you can get up and walk out of the room if you need to to t take your kids back to their movie room <laughs> yes and then, and then come back to it. it's just funny it's light it's easy um yeah. And I will say these both of these movies, uh, as including the one Donnie I know is talking about, uh, these are very much uh, grown up movies. They're all PG-13, but these are not movies you're wanting to watch with your kids. Uh, they certainly have elements in them that are a little more grown up. I don't think anything that is too vulgar or inappropriate, but certainly not the kind of things that either your kids would enjoy or uh, you might be comfortable watching with them. As always, you can go on IMDb and look at the parents' guide and see specifically what language is used and what you know sexual content and all that kind of stuff is in them. But certainly, uh, these are more grown-up kind of movies. So, uh, Donnie Dorsey, you also watched a grown-up movie, probably the most grown-up movie, in that this is more of a kind of serious drama. There is comedy, but yeah. it's a very heartfelt, best picture-winning movie on Apple tv uh which is called coda so why don't you tell everyone about coda so the first thing i want to say is that coda is one of those movies that has so much heart in it it's it's hard not to like really get attached to the characters in the story almost immediately because you have like for for everyone for those of you that don't know the, the name of the movie coda is a child of a deaf adult so like the the child is um the only hearing person in their home um and so they face the challenges of their communication and things like that but there's also still such a a great family element to it that you would think that without all the verbal speech and communication of certain things things would be missing but there's a lot of lighthearted jokes there's laughter there's I mean, so many comical elements like um, the 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 casting for it is fantastic. Um, like I said, I mean, you watch this this young girl figure out something that her family won't be able to fully fully appreciate about yeah. something that she loves. Well, I think you can say because I think it's yeah. helpful for she's a beautiful singer. Yes. And her and obviously her brother nor her parents can ever fully appreciate what that yeah. is. And that causes a rift at times. It does. But I'll just say this is not a spoiler. I mean, it's a little bit of spoiler. It is beautifully resolved. So if yes. you're worried that it's going to be a sad movie, this is a uplifting, beautiful movie. There is a there is a very beautiful way they resolve it, utilizing the only way they've ever been able to to communicate. And it's it's absolutely amazing. Um I would highly recommend it. It is definitely one of those that I think, you know, if you are a person that tends to cry at uh, some emotional movies, 
uh, you may want to keep the tissues nearby. Uh, but if you are not, you still may want to keep the tissues nearby because it will pull on those heartstrings. Yeah. But it will also make you laugh out loud. <laughs> well, and I will say all three of these movies are great date night movies for different couples. So if you're interested in kind of the uh, the the game night feel of a Knives Out, right, that I want to sit and kind of try and figure out yeah. the murder mystery and that whole thing. Or if I'm just looking to really laugh and bust a gut laughing, Lost City might be more your thing. But Coda really has that like it makes you feel good about being a family. It just yeah. makes you feel good about ah family that family's a great thing and like yes. it you will definitely if you're wanting to cry a little feel a little i mean if it's me i'm gonna cry in all three even lost city <laughs> brad pitt shows up i'm like so beautiful uh yeah. it's hard for me not to cry but uh code is really good for that um I have a movie I want to recommend really quick. We're running a little long on time. Uh, but this is a movie that is on Hulu. Uh, it is a thriller. So if you're kind of looking for something that's a little bit more just um, uh, kind of grounded. Well, I wouldn't say grounded. This one's actually a little bit more pulpy. It's a movie called Run. It is on um, uh, Hulu, as I said. It is a movie uh, that is about a girl who has a rare disorder uh, that causes her to not only be paralyzed, I think from the waist down, if I remember correctly in the movie, uh, but also has um, just a lot of like breathing problems, all this kind of stuff. Uh, and she kind of discovered, it's just her and her mom living and about halfway, not halfway, maybe a third through the movie. She kind of figures out maybe I'm not actually sick and maybe my mom is keeping me sick. And maybe the person who I think is protecting me is actually my captor. And it is a tense thriller. It is one of those perfect, like, what would you do if you found out you were in that situation? Uh, this is a movie. These are the kind of movies my wife and I love to watch movies where, uh, you know, it's more of like a psychological thriller. You're a little bit more uh, kind of in the head of this character and the kind of links she has to go to to kind of figure out what is going on in my life. And uh, it is really good. It has some pretty fun twists and turns. Um, and, uh, I just think it's a really good time. So with all of these movies, I think all of these movies are, are ones that we would all recommend say you'll have a good time with them. Uh, as I've said, you're going to want to necessarily, uh, watch these just with your spouse. Uh, these are not movies. I will say code is a movie. I actually thought about covering in a couple weeks on our podcast. Uh, but there is one scene in particular in the movie yeah. that, uh, if you're if you had to watch it with your kids, might be very uncomfortable. You and your it's spouse, very funny. You it's and your spouse will crack scene. up laughing, yeah. but would be very uncomfortable with like a ten year old in the room. Yeah, it'd be so. very awkward, and the conversation may ensue immediately and or yes. soon after. <laughs> yes, and everyone's just scarred for life. So, uh, regardless, these are definitely movies for just you and your spouse. But uh, we hope you guys not only have a great time watching this, but whatever you do, let's build strong marriages that build strong families. Uh, that help raise our children to love Jesus and his way of life. And uh, we have a movie next week to watch with your kids, and we can't wait to talk about it with you next time.